high blood pressure got you down? Ask your doctor if Zortofrenex is right for you. In clinical trials, Zortofrenex was proven to lower blood pressure. Ask your doctor before taking Zortofrenex. Women, pregnant women, and most men should not take Zortofrenex. Known side effects include dry mouth, upset stomach, mild death, blindness, massive heart attack, difficulty breathing, and rectal fungus. Almost all men who took Zortofrenex experienced a severe loss in sexual performance. This is normal. Please stop taking Zortofrenex immediately if you feel mild discomfort on or in testicles, as this can be a sign of a rare and extremely unpleasant side effect known as total scrotal implosion. If total scrotal implosion should occur, call your doctor right away. If you cannot move or talk due to the debilitating pain of total scrotal implosion, please have a loved one call your doctor. There is no cure for total scrotal implosion. Zortofrenex, always the right choice. Dearly pod lovers, we are gathered here today to discuss season three, episode 12 of the Boondocks, Mr. Medicinal, and which, after a health scare, Grandad discovers the amazing life benefits of medical marijuana. But when Grandad suddenly becomes a balanced, well-adjusted person, Huey and Riley immediately know something is up. But before all that, you already know how y'all living. I'm living great. Mary Jane is about to be. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that was the last thing I did before I came in here. So I'm in a great mood. <laughs> My grandpa with everything, like all the colors brighter. Right. I was actually like, during, I, I had to hold my breath to not laugh during the intro because every time I watched the episode, I cracked up during the commercial. <clears throat> and then when the music started, I started grooving to the music and I'm like, oh, I'm so high. <laughs> Yeah, like, that's why I'm, oh, I'm feeling good. Of, uh, it's going to be called Music and Mary Jane. Oh, I like because it. Because it's been proven that music, when you put music and you put Mary Jane together, every like your senses open up. Your more of your your cells and all that good stuff in your brain. Sorry, mine are not working that way right now, or would have the right. But it's all, all that works so well together, and it actually increases your auditory ability. So then you hear things differently. So I know that I experienced that driving to LA a few weeks ago. Eminem was my other husband, and so I always love him. But I was listening, and it, it's I heard shit that I've never heard before, and I've literally heard it a million times. But immediately I was like, that would be dope for graphic tees to put lines to songs. Mm-hmm. And uh, we love them is Mary Jane. So music and Mary Jane. Another way that it can bless your life. Another way it's that I wish you had met my sister. <laughs> <laughs> like, seriously, you and Grace would have gotten along so well, especially on the Eminem front. Like, oh. she was the only person I knew oh. that could that could do Eminem and karaoke. Like, I would do the Dido oh. part. <laughs> hubby and I did Patiently Waiting, Eminem and 50 Cent the other night, even though Hubby took over my shine and did my verse. I was like, you're doing my stuff. <laughs> you're doing my part. I just let him go, though. He was feeling his few, his few boxes. <laughs> uh, pulling on my bars. I <laughs> that was funny. You said Bruno Mars? <laughs> no, I said quit pulling on my bars. <laughs> oh, I was gonna say, I was gonna say thank you for the suggestion because Bruno Mars is a good one to do with the, the next the next time I go. I did 311 Love Song and then I did uh Patient Waiting. That's what I did this time. Last time I think I told you guys I did Friends in Low Places huh. and Foo Fighters. 
Blame it all on my roots. You know I something? showed up in okay, stop. Uh, <laughs> Speaking of Foo Ooh. Fighters, I, I saw something. Okay, I don't know if I talked about this too much, but I'm a big fan of the horror genre. And mm-hmm. apparently the guys from the Foo Fighters are all starring in a horror movie. And yeah, he did, um, I need to see this. this open day production I need to see I, this I so bad. Yeah. yeah. They're really, doesn't that kind of make sense? I love it. I, like, yeah. I love Dave Grohl. My very first memory was, of course, him and, Ni- and Nirvana. But I remember seeing the commercial the video where he's like, they're playing the air. He's playing like the airplane stewardess. Learn to fly. Yeah. Yeah. That was my first. And I was like, who yeah. is this man? Yeah. Because oh my God. when he was. At the same time, as like. Jane's Addiction was really, mm-hmm. like, interesting to me. I don't know why. I just love the satirical videos, I think. And that's what made me really get into Jane's Addiction. Freaking, A lot you know, of, like, 90s and early more. 2000s rockers had really good... Back when videos were still good, because they told stories. Well, when videos were videos, yeah. yeah. Best videos... I'll just pose a question to all my co-hosts here. Best videos, I would say, to me, like, TRL time... Mm. The Guns N' Roses trilogy. Oh my God! Yeah, best hands down. The wait, which one? November Rain or and Crying? No, Crying. That's Aerosmith. And... You're, oh, you're That's talking a... about Aerosmith with the all the videos with Alicia uh, Silverstone and Liv yeah. Tyler. Yeah, yes. those are all oh, Aerosmith. November Rain. Yes. Yeah, it's because Liv Tyler's Rain dad is is the dude from Aerosmith. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely, that part. <sighs> but I will go ahead and I will correct myself because I actually do mean the whole time I was picturing November rain and slap. Yes. In the rain, playing, shredding ass off. Like I, every time I see him, I'm like, can I please learn to play three of the chords that he <laughs> plays? I, I watch that and whenever I see one of those videos where a guitar player is playing in the rain, I'm like, that's a $3,000 fucking guitar. What the fuck are you right? doing? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. doesn't care. He couldn't see it. He he thought he was holding some plywood. He couldn't see around his hair and his hat. (laughs) Okay, so speaking of his hair, so when I was growing up and absolutely in love with Guns N' Roses and having all of their tapes and my first boyfriend, our song was whatever, something from Use Your Illusion. I can't remember. Um, But uh, I know I'm terrible. But I was also, I grew up in a very white, rock-centric area, and I could never come up with examples of Black people in the music that I liked at the time because there there weren't a lot. And I just, I wish that I could go back in time and tell myself that Slash was biracial because not, like, knowing that, I feel like I would have had a lot more confidence in liking what I liked instead of putting up with people telling me that it was abnormal that I liked rock and roll because I was black. So Tom Morello. All I knew at the time was the dude from Living Color. Jimi Hendrix. And Jimi yeah, Hendrix. He didn't really help. And he didn't really help. did he do? Tony like McAlpine. Who's that one? Uh, he's actually a, a really amazing fucking guitar player. There was a woman in the punk scene too. I can't remember her name. What's funny is that you have Jimi Hendrix. Mm-hmm. You know right. what I'm saying? Like, that's that's his, history of it right there. Music is music. Like, both of my kids like completely different music. Jackson loves right now. Fall Out Boy is his shit. Okay? Like, he all Fall Out Boy. He's a shredder. And then he's also kid, a he's classical playing, pianist. Uh, Papa Roach a lot, too. Mm, yeah. Uh, and then the other hand, he likes anime and likes Japanese artists. And 
K-pop and you know then polystyrene. My, oh, yeah. That was okay. Sorry. You said polystyrene, it, a punk rock lead singer, but again, another biracial person that because I didn't know because it was very whitewashed, especially in Seattle, because grunge was such a thing here. And I learned about all of them on the jukebox. Uh, Thin Lizzy. Oh, yeah. Uh, What's his fucking name? Thin Lizzy. I have to look him up. But yeah, like, so if, if we went back to 1991 and asked me who my favorite band was, I would have told you Guns N' Roses, and I would have cried if you had told me that Slash was black. Phil, Phil Lina. Mm. That's his okay. name. He's, he's passed away. He had, he had a drug overdose. Of course, you don't, think that, you don't think like this when you're in your teens and, or kids, because kids and teens are assholes. Right. But if you know you're into music, then you understand that all music derives from blues mm-hmm. and derives from or that. It derives from you know, old Negro spirituals, or even before that, it derives from what was happening with our ancestors mm-hmm. back in Africa. So it doesn't, like, just because it's delivered in a different way, but then again, I love music, so I think of it a different way, but just because it may be delivered in a different format doesn't mean that it's only for a certain, a certain definition. Now, you can't even say that. I think even, I don't want to say, Beastie Boys probably weren't the real first ones, but the biggest band that crossed over and showed that, hey, yeah. And like this, but I can also do this. Yeah, yeah them. I was just watching them, a documentary talking about Fred Durst the other day, and I was like, Run DMC at, at, a at the same, yeah, at the same, yeah, at the same time. So there was a lot of crossover going on. So Beastie Boys were probably the first. Then that was the Beastie followed Boys up were by the biggest. Problem. That was followed up by Anthrax with yeah. with Bring the Noise. That, uh, New York, New York hip hop. Yeah. With the uh, oh god, <laughs> Public Enemy. Public Enemy. There you. we go. And then, yeah, and then Run DMC and Aerosmith. Mm -hmm. But it's like when it's like just the artists. So I'm thinking of like that's totally right when it's artists that crossed over. But when I think artists had enough balls to come out and go, you know what? I I like hard rock, but I also know I also like rap too. Yeah, was that Ice Cube Uh, who had a yeah Ice Cube? Yeah, I guess yeah. Yeah. Uh, Body count, body count, yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking like like I said, I think it was more Faith No More. Kind mm-hmm. of, yeah. When it got bigger, and let's say PRL time when it became, that I think that time really took over a lot of music, mm-hmm. and we don't give it enough credit. But you think about that time, you think about um, like Alien at Ant Farm when they did <clears throat> Smooth Criminal. Mm-hmm. When once again, like I said, rolling, rolling, rolling. When Fred Durst came out and shit like that, oh, like yeah. their whole thing was, it became, and then definitely when Papa Roach and Linkin Park yes, and all that definitely. came in. So it's. It's a good crossover, I think, there because rap is so huge. Rap takes over all genres. I think. I think of music. Oh yeah, they, you got um, the I mean, like all the new metal is crossed over. Oh god, Lincoln oh, Park, totally. which is metal yeah. with. I mean, with they rap. did a whole album with Jay Z, which was fire. It's like some of my like most, most favorite songs. It's just a mashup between some of their their best songs, but which also points to how much of a genius Jay Z is, even though he's growing out his hair to look like straight garbage. It looks like tree trunks. It looks like garbage. There's no way that Beyonce willingly gives you vagina when you have a sex. Beyonce vagina requirements. I I I kinda wonder like he's a brilliant business person, but I feel like she's the one who calls the shots a lot of the time. And there's a part of me that's I wonder if Basquiat is Beyonce's favorite artist. And so he's, oh, I, I can look like Basquiat for you. <laughs> yeah, no, I feel like, oh, okay, there's some shade, Beyonce fans, don't be upset. With me. I don't think Beyonce knows. 
I don't think Beyonce knows who a lot of that art of the artists that are in her house is. She took her GED and got her GED when Blue was two years old, or Blue Ivy. Well, that's just Nothing because, that's just because she had dropped out of school to become a superstar. Oh. <laughs> oh. And because you're a superstar, you could have had all kinds of tutors and things like that to help you out to make sure that you had your high school graduation or had high school diploma way before your child was. But then again, I'm not part of the beehive. I'm just asking for them to come to me. But <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> I'm, not, not, I'm not doubting <clears throat> not doubting her place in pop culture just speaking stats that's all you guys look my, I i'm a stand over Janet jackson and eminem you guys if you guys want to go ahead and come up with some barbs about them go ahead you've heard it already janice jackson so of course right um, eminem was the first successful <laughs> successful really real you know white rapper mm-hmm. of course he's heard the, the the jackson thing just made me think oh, of art vanilla ice I'm oh, oh like, god vanilla <laughs> ice only had one hit though yeah. So, and that one hit was a pop music crossover because a lot of people were like, Haha, that sounds like the Queen song. And then he's, no, it's it's not the Queen song. And then people no, are like, it's no, the fucking not. Queen it's song. The- <laughs> oh, I remember the, I remember the interview. Like, no, 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 no. It just goes, dun, 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 dun. There was one extra beat there in was, his. Yeah, exactly. There was one extra beat that i know anytime i i hear that first uh bar i'm like and then if that extra beat hits i'm like god damn it i can still fucking quote that song at least halfway through before my tongue gets twisted but i still probably would want to hear that queen song instead he take love it whenever we're out and that tell them anything that is the shit. And then people out there trying to, I'm like, why are you dancing like it's 1992? Because it's, it's Don't Stop um, Believing. It's one of their sacred. <laughs> oh, but that was awesome. I sing that one. That's like Sweet Caroline. Yeah, Sweet with... Caroline is definitely one of theirs too. <laughs> yeah. Piano Man. No. Oh, so Sweet Caroline. Hubby learned a new song this weekend and was like, who is this group and why have I not heard of it? So there was a guy singing Buck Cherry. Oh, uh-huh. That was the, uh, she fucks so good. She's on top. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yep. Yeah. A crazy bitch. She's there a crazy is. bitch. Yeah. Fuck so. Yeah. It's another yeah. song Grace yeah. used to sing in karaoke. Yeah. Like, yeah. This is the loudest yeah. he's talking. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, American Pie is the other like, one. That would be the yeah, that would be the other white one. Oh yeah, I forgot about that one. That was that was the he first song it. my my babysitter taught me, beginning to end. She was a hippie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he was. So, he told the guy when he goes down. He goes greatest song ever. <laughs> and the guy was which one during crazy bitch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He was so excited to sing it. I don't know if he was singing to somebody there. <laughs> so excited to see. And he just ended up standing by hubby and they were like this bumping. And I was like, this is so bro, bro times right now. Yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah. The, the, going real quick, the, so our next episode of Disputed is, oh, yeah. is, is Brock Sampson from Venture Brothers versus Black Dynamite. And which I think is going to be a, it's going to be a great debate. I don't think anybody would win. Honestly, Black Dynamite and and Brock Sampson are basically the same person. One is black and one is white Swedish with a mullet. Uh, so, uh, but they 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 are both invincible in my eyes. But the the second episode that I watched of that was about the Jackson Five. Oh right, <laughs> and how Joe Jackson was not the one who was beating up everybody in the family. It was Michael because Michael is an alien. So terrible. <laughs> 
<laughs> and so whenever, true. whenever, when any one of the other guys in, in the five would would fuck up, he'd beat the shit out of them. <laughs> That's a pretty funny view, and I could see it though. Can you see it? Like I could, little oh yeah, I could see it. Like, Somebody told Michael at three years old that he was going to be like the best thing in the world. I could see him growing up to be like, bitch, what'd you just say? Mm-mm. I feel like Tito would get on his nerves. I feel like he'd be like, Tito. <laughs> oh my God. Will someone tell Janet to go? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was, was, that like, was a funny episode. Maybe you're going to have a horrible song. Latoya, I don't know what you're going to do. Janet is my girl. Right. So, Janet's the other one that can make it. Yeah, I could, I could see that. Yeah, hilarious. That was. Yeah, I, I highly recommend watching it. It's it, for what it's only been two seasons. There was only two seasons of it, but it's it's pretty damn funny show. It's if you like the movie, you'll like the, you'll like the cartoon. Dynamite, dynamite. I feel like Black Dynamite would definitely be like something Granddad would would love watching. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm sure. I mean, also some of the voices from Boondocks are in Black Dynamite. Of course. Because Michael J. White, who plays, who played, who was Black Dynamite in the movies and in the cartoon, has also played done voices in in the Boondocks. And now brain not is not working. The the guy who plays Tom is in it, and the guy who played Uncle Ruckus is in it. So a lot of them. Awesome. All right. I'll be trying to figure out. Oh, what's it playing on right now? It plays um Black Jesus. Oh, Black, yeah, and Black Jesus was written as Aaron Magruder. Yep. Yeah, that's Queen Johnson. I think Black Dynamite is on HBO Max. Okay. It's either HBO Max or Hulu, one of those two. Yeah, I've seen it on, I've seen it. I was looking for a new adult an, or animation to watch because I'm all caught up on American Dad. Family Guy. Well, if you like John uh, Laney, you should watch Big Mouth. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That okay, good. Yeah. Like they're gonna have but a new season at the same time. Like to go to sleep on. Oh, did it start? I, oh, I think it just came out. Yeah. Oh, it did. Yeah, okay. it did. I finished my paper. I have a like three day lull where we can watch TV together, honey. <laughs> the the latest season of what we do in the shadows. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Our, Archer, but have you already watched? Nope, I haven't no. watched. Okay, I've so watched. We have to watch I've the new season of Archer. Yep. Okay. Well, so we'll have to make a. We'll have to make a calendar. Yep. <laughs> All right. Should we? I don't know. Should we? we get started? You ready, ready to get, get our groove on? All right. I know that Idris is hoping we'll get started so that dad will go, oh, yeah. It's- All right. Let me make sure I can read his computer screen. All right. So we start the episode with the boys having broken the TV with the telephone. Granddad, this isn't the time for pointing fingers, right? President Obama says we can't move forward looking backward. Obviously, we know that Riley did it since he's making sure that there's nobody to blame. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love like, that. that is good thing. I can't wait to get, to get their like sense of ooh. Let me not say that because that doesn't make me look innocent. <laughs> right. It only lets mom and dad know that I did it. Right. Yeah. I, I, that is always the the big thing. Like when the when children get old enough to understand that they actually are telling on themselves, it's it's so funny. All right, so Granddad flips out and tells them to beat each other. And just as he's yelling, he ends up having a panic attack and collapses to the floor. The boys drag Granddad to the hospital to have him checked out. He fights it the whole way because he doesn't want to face his own mortality. Finally, he's sitting in front of the doctor. During their conversation, a woman in a lab coat walks into the room. Her name is Jessica, and she's a medical student who will be observing. 
Robert is immediately uncomfortable, becomes even more embarrassed as the doctor recites Robert's symptoms, which all have to do with pain in the ass, basically. <laughs> the burning was extra. Burning like, and polyps and... Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Fun stuff. Oh, what's so funny is... I, sorry to interrupt, but okay. go back. Yeah. The last one. But what, was, what I noticed was that he hadn't been to the doctor in 57 years. 50, like that, yeah. whole, that whole part was definitely talking about Black people going to the doctor. And then the antithesis of kind of what I believe in, you don't have to use the doctor as a tool. You let them, they, they work with you to let you know what needs to be changed. But we know what the whole episode is about. So it's like a lead into Black right. people have these, or not issues, but this distrust. But there is an alternative form out there mm-hmm. of you to, of goodwill. I just thought that was interesting within the first three minutes of the episode. They have to do what most of us have to do. Because like hubby does not like going to the doctor. He will. But. Yeah, I'm the same way, especially as someone who has a lot of chronic illnesses, like going to the doctor doesn't solve anything for me most of the time. Most of the time I'm just updating symptoms and getting blood drawn and whatever. And it's it's disheartening. I was actually the same thing that I could do online, have right, online service. Right. And then ask me to fill all this shit out. And then you go, boop, 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 which is what you do anyway. Right. And you look at your little handheld thing and you go, let's prescribe this because that cute pharmacy tech came in. Rep came in and told me this is going to work. It's the truth, isn't it? And worst, I I won't name any any particular hospital entities out there, but I did used to have insurance through something that that it's it used to be in California and now has started growing throughout the country and just bought like a huge company that was my insurance company. But anyway. Um, Does it rhyme with schmoo boss or miser? Miser. Oh, yeah, I knew that's who it was. So my my doctor's, right? My doctor's pretty much, if I can come in and there is something fixable, like, we're both happy. We're both like, yay, I can finally, like, something's, yeah. The best thing about them (laughs) is that they can refer you within the same building. So let's go, how about you just walk down to ophthalmology? And make an appointment. Not like, in Seattle. Those are the best thing. We got the also best one in the was, north, and then the major one downtown. Oh yeah, we have so many now in in Sacramento. We didn't have like three. Oh uh, no, two back in the day. Mm-hmm. But now there's one downtown. Now there's two in like Elk Grove, and around the, the surrounding suburbs of Sacramento. But these are the great things about them. You could just go ahead and open the drawer and and take out the the notes that you needed for work. Yeah. Because they did not tie them, they did not close them up. Or you could go in and go. My tooth hurts. I think I need time off work. And they go, how much time do you need? <laughs> Seven months, eight months, you need disability? Great, let's do it. Aww. Best thing about Miser, but also probably part of the reason why they suck. Yeah. I know that as soon as I got diagnosed with MS, I realized what everybody had been telling me yeah. for years. Just so. navigating their their <laughs> navigating their their pharmacy system, especially when they change it every couple of years, is I, I remember the worst panic attack I ever had was sitting in that pharmacy after a doctor's appointment waiting for something that was overdue. And, oh, God, it's just... And now with, with COVID protocols basically inevitably in place until further notice... It'll be there all day. It's like waiting at the right. courthouse for security. You get some great people watching in. You're going to get irritated. <laughs> right? You're going to get some of these kids that coughs near you and oh, stuff like that. But yes. I remember back in the day when they used to have a lot of their, what you could go and get, like 
their prescriptions out on the counter, like a mm-hmm. CVS. Like it would just be right in there. You'd be like, all right, this is what the doctor prescribed. Now the real hard shit they kept behind, but uh, yeah, they're obviously still growing. I think overall for like group insurance. So if you think about businesses and corporations having health insurance, that's definitely one of them. And I think they're one of the cheaper ones. I, so I, I think believe that's it. Yeah. Why they keep growing. I believe it. And yeah. the 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 different ones that they swallow up along the way to create this yeah. growth, like they're they're definitely picking ones that don't have. <laughs> I don't know how to say things like this right now, and I'm so high. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm not as diplomatic. They don't they they don't pick hospitals that care too much about their patients. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I love what I have now. It's Sutter. So shout out to Sutter. Boom, boom, boom. I have no idea what I'll have, but in a month or so, I have to start looking for a new doctor. So it'll be fun. <laughs> All over again. And a new dentist and a new. It's part of what we should have in this country, or we could have, should have the control. Right. Pick out who works best for us when it comes to our health care. We could pick out the best gas. Like I know I'm, we're 76 family. Mm-hmm. AM, PM, when, when the prices want to be right. I like Bel Air or Rayleigh's or whatever, maybe another place. We all have a right and a preference to things that work best for us. But why isn't healthcare one of them? Yeah, it's definitely not healthcare or mental health care or your teeth care or your eye care, all of that. And somehow all of that is not all under healthcare, <laughs> even though all of it contributes to your health. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> health, but you know, it doesn't. So. We uh, won't talk about all of Brandon. <laughs> Well, no, I love that. Let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. I don't love so, Brandon. They put, so moving on, they put Robert in for some blood work and an MRI and a stress test. After the testing is over, the doctor tells Robert that even though there's plenty wrong with him, nothing is immediately life-threatening. However, the doctor is very concerned about the amount of stress that Robert is dealing with. Robert, 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 a lot of people have stressful lives. Now, your problem is how you handle the stress. Now, I'm going to give you a bunch of pills to take, but I believe if you don't get your stress under control, you're going to kill yourself. Now, Lindsay, I know this is this is one of your clips that you were talking about, but I just want to say real quick that could de- you, if you don't believe that stress can kill you, I can tell you from personal experience that it sure as hell is going to try. Think about that shit. It's anyway, extremely debilitating. It's extremely, yeah. and you don't know it. So it's like a silent, I don't want to say a silent killer, but it is. But if you just think that it's something that you do with as an adult or something you do yeah. with because you're city or whatever it is, it is horrible. And I know that for MS, it's 10 times as worse because with, with MS, it's your central nervous system and your immune system and your nerves. So it's your stress that, that already is, is bringing down the defenses in those systems, we'll say. So if you're stressed, it's 10 times more. I know when I'm stressed and that's why, you know, it's very important to learn other coping skills. Marijuana helps a lot. It's almost this show is heading in a direction. (laughs) Reefer. The Reefer helps. (laughs) Linz, did you want to say anything about that? I was going to say, I I don't know if I did pick this clip, but I can tell you before I got diagnosed with MS, this is exactly what they were telling me was my problem. Mm -hmm. I have been in and out of the hospital with serious issues since I turned 30. That's when it all started. They said, you have an autoimmune disease. Bye. (laughs) Then I moved to California and they just kept telling me, oh, honey, it's anxiety. Mm -hmm. Oh, honey, it's stress. Y'all, I am partially visually disabled 
And that ain't from no fucking stress. That's from the MS you kept saying was anxiety. So you could put me on drugs, but we'll get to that in a minute. And you've been saying that the past year, though, that things have happened that your doctors, you need to change your schedule. You need to do this. You need to do Mm -hmm. that. And I think it's really funny because you get that diagnosis, I think, more in California Mm -hmm. because I think they easily tie it to our lifestyles. Mm-hmm. Now, especially if you're a woman and you're a woman of color that, you know, women and black women, especially that's immediately what they put it on other than the way that we eat. And yep. if you happen to have a little few extra pounds, then wait. But yep. the first thing they say is stress or lupus. <laughs> one of those things. When it's, you know, once again, you know, that's why it's important for us to understand our bodies and and take control of our health because I think Lindsay I think over this past year I think you've been like I think they're bullshitting but yeah. I'm gonna do what needs to be done especially because my husband's telling me to to feel better if uh, I had taken taken their advice I would be blind and possibly paralyzed right now now I'm not kidding because they just kept telling me it's anxiety it's anxiety even when I went to the rheumatologist she did say nobody sent you to the neurologist in all these years and I was like no but it's exactly what you said, because I'm a black woman, I guess, for whatever reason, you don't believe me. When I tell you I don't have feeling in my legs and arms, you didn't believe me. I have chronic migraines. I have insomnia. It's anxiety. It's stress. It's anxiety. Now, I'm not saying I didn't. I was a workaholic. Those things existed. But I have had positive on a test, which reflect immune disease multiple times. Like when I saw the ophthalmologist, he just kept being like, and no one did this. Wow. And no one's sending you here. Yeah. Oh man. Like, like he's doing y'all in. I'm like, yeah, exactly. And my husband's, yeah, exactly. But anyway, it shouldn't be that all of our practitioners work together. Right. It's like when one makes a mistake, the other one does everything talking shit. Going, the rheumatologist and the neurologist, especially. And they will yeah. talk about each other. Yeah. <laughs> and Instead neither of going, of you know what? Let me collaborate. <laughs> yeah, let's collaborate as a team right. and let's figure this out. And let's figure out what's best for the you know, patient, but that's too much. <laughs> and I know for you, Lindsay, you didn't have insurance. Let's imagine how much this all would have cost in the last, well, oh, we're like gonna, you said, I, 30, but more specifically uh, in the last year. I don't know if we left that clip in, but I specifically cl- picked a clip for that reason. That money. Oh, it's next. Yep. Like it. All right. Let's, yeah. let's, keep, let's move on then. All right. So Thugnificent shows up in his delivery truck to bring Robert his meds. Thugnificent tells Robert that he's disappointed him for for giving his life to Big Pharma. Oh. Man, I don't never take no pills. Not that I can afford them because uh, a nigga don't got health insurance and shit, but still, I don't take no aspirin, no fucking ibuprofen, none of that shit. Now this shit right here, nigga, this all the medicine I need. <laughs> so there's there's a couple of things going on in that, in that clip uh, that for me really resonated and it's not having health insurance is a very especially what did we say 15 years ago that was pre yeah yeah he's working for UPS it was pre-Obamacare it's it's very reasonable that he's probably making like five bucks an hour and has no insurance whatsoever but then there's also the I don't take aspirin ibuprofen none of that shit I only smoke weed and that kind mm. of goes into what you were saying MJ about people in in certain communities like not wanting to trust yeah. quote-unquote big pharma What's funny is that, especially in our community, I can talk about our community because I am part of the community, but especially within ours, older generations, they trust what the doctor says. So they don't even look at it as trusting big pharma or being bamboozled in a way or just being another check for, for, for the rich big pharma guys. 
they look at it as, well, the doctor knows. Yeah. That's what they say. And that's what granddad said. Better. But then it's a year or two later, and then it's, oh, I'm taking four more medications because now I have this. And it's, you don't think that that has any correlation to the medication that you were assigned four years ago. Mm-hmm. And I know it's a way of thinking and a way of living, but that's also why the universe has blessed us with the opportunity for marijuana to be seen as the plant as it is. It comes right out of the earth, guys, and allowing it to now be something that adults can choose to utilize to elevate their wellness. That's the damn way that, well, that it should be. If people can become millionaires off of selling essential oils, <laughs> which if anybody just took the time to go learn about plants and, and things like that, you could figure it out on your own. But if there's a whole MLM type organization for essential oils and people can choose to utilize that, why is it such a huge you know, issue for people to grow and utilize their own marijuana? I know I don't use nope. the medication that they want me to use or suggest for MS. Girl. If you got the commercial you played at the beginning, there mm-hmm. are now 15 different MS medications that all have that commercial that did, were not in existence, didn't have commercials when I got diagnosed in 2006. And like he says in that commercial, I don't need to lose the ability to see, walk, dance, swallow, whatever else it may be, because I have one extra long eyelash. Like the shit that they come up with, and I'm, you know, exaggerating, but the shit that they come up with and the side effects of these medications are ridiculous. And anybody should go, I don't want that. mm -mm. I don't don't think I'm going to die. Nor nor do I want total scrotal implosion. (laughs) That's what hubby said. He was like, wait, no sex and no heels. Oh, I don't want that. I was like, it's not a real commercial, babe. You're not. Right. Yeah, this one I picked y'all because I just recently had a stay in the hospital. Now, that is the first time I've ever been hospitalized in my life, in my life. And they kept telling me, like, you're the most relaxed patient we've ever had. <laughs> no, you. They told me I need to eat more, but you should you can order more food. Do you want us to bring you bring you more food? You can have more coffee. Like they would just come in and kind of like ask me, do you need anything? Because I just sat in that room quiet getting steroid injections or steroid IV for hours. Mm-hmm. Yo, you guys know that new Bruno Mars, Bootsy Collins? Yes. You know that song? So good. This bitch got me paying for stints, I paying love- for pills, <laughs> that, paying for visits. That's what that shit was. Like the bill was love- just shy of $60,000. Holy shit. Mm. The drugs they have me on, they're trying on me for MS cost $5,500 per month, per month. I don't, I pay nothing because my husband, uh, I shouldn't tell his business, but he builds algorithms. I shouldn't tell his business, but anyway, <laughs> he's in that, you, he's you in that industry. Yeah, so lucky, I said to him the other day, thanks for marrying me. Right. <laughs> what the fuck? Like this shit is insane. And like, yeah. I didn't want it. I, I didn't want to be hospitalized. You guys told me you belong here. And then when I said, can I just go home? And they explained, we have to give you steroid injections. They were like, yeah, you could. But then we'd have to redo your IV every day. This oh. bitch got me paid right? the drips. Like, what the fuck? It was insane. And there is no way. Like I said to me and my husband have talked a lot. I think we talked about it on here about he wants to have kids. And then he waffles. He's not sure. Da, 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 da. 
I am really uncomfortable with breeding somebody into the system. Okay. And I'll just leave it there because this shit is insane. If I didn't, I, let me not tell other people's business. Somebody close to me is approaching paralysis due to a medical operation they had when they were a child. And I just think, what the fuck? Like they're on Medicaid, emergency Medicaid, because how can they afford that shit? They, it's insane. It's a people farm. It will always be a people farm. We can move on. One one thing I wanted to add into that 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 whole scene definitely uh, reminded me of my dad and everything he went through. Like by the time that he died, he had actually chosen to wean himself off of almost everything and still had a drawer full of medication. But he had weaned himself off of basically the harder and harder narcotics that they gave him because they couldn't figure out how to stop his pain. But yeah, just like you've got the, the the hardest part about getting older is that your body is basically falling apart and there is nothing that you can do about it, but try and stay as, stay alive as long as possible. And so that's why you take blood pressure meds and meds to make sure your kidneys are still working and mm-hmm. meds to make sure your blood will either clot or not clot, depending on whatever you need. And health and wellness should be a huge part of education as science. It's part of it. it should. I remember taking health and it's a through all the what they thought you should know mm-hmm. at 14 sex STDs mm-hmm. how to wash up and I was like if people don't know how to wash up at 14 that's a problem Funny. but you know but just mm-hmm. basic hygiene shit and it's like this is fourth grade you know what I'm saying instead of that replace it and teach plant-based medicine teach about our bodies teach about what could reverse kidney damage what could reverse or prevent high blood pressure because we're so predisposed predisposition to a lot because of genetics and and what's part of rarity so having part of the school system teach how ways that when you are a child that you can develop those habits like the thing that they do even in elementary school like they don't they don't teach they don't teach you healthy habits for eating food and and you know taking care of yourself but Right. But what what they basically do is you are given food and told to eat it. And maybe if you're lucky, you could choose between two or three things, but they don't tell you if you choose the chicken, you're getting a primary source of protein from the chicken and blah, 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 blah. If you pick this thing, you're only getting cheese. So your energy level is going to be lower. And if you choose this one, you're going to have a lot of energy right away from the fruit and the bread. But then you're going to be really tired. They're that much with, with that. With the yeah. FDA that said this is what you should have, and then they end the up the pyramid like, thing. Yeah, the pyramid. Yeah, like they have that. Just because you have that little laminated poster in the lunchroom <laughs> doesn't mean shit. My baby said the other day, "Mom, guess what we had for lunch?" And I said, "What?" He goes, first of all, it was warm." <laughs> yep. Like that's the thing. Like he comes home so many times and tells me we had nuggets and they had gave us four and it was cold. And I'm like, "What the? Mm-hmm. Your job is to be a fucking lunch lady and to warm shit up." And put it out. What is the problem? But he really described a warm taco and was oh, in heaven. That's ridiculous. <laughs> like that, that's ridiculous, especially when we have the choice. I tell, you know, first of all, my boys are old enough. Y'all want a lunch? Make it. Like I have to make mine. They also have the option of eating at school. There's so many of, you know, our students that don't have that option. Like those are two out of possibly three meals they may get per day. Mm-hmm. So in that instance, why aren't we doing more to make sure that we're, well, okay, I know why, because of money, but we yep. should be. What would be more like than making this place really a utopia 
would be if we were providing the education that were needed and then providing the education through examples, which is in real life, where every day you go to school and you're not having a cold meal where a 10-year-old then comes home and says it was warm. Main, main thing, main positive description about the food. So it, it's, it's a slap in the face for somebody like me who is so passionate about people having their control of their health and their wellness and the quality of life they want to live mm-hmm. and being able to do that through using the flower power or plant-based medicine. I'm going to tell you right now, I just sat here and ate a cookie, so don't make it seem like mm-hmm. I'm sitting here eating plant-based shit all the time, but I do understand the benefit of it, especially with somebody who decided that MS was going to be like, hey girl, I'm going to live with you mm-hmm. and just walk into my life. So it's, it's a slap in the face that we can't live in. We're supposed to be the number one powerful country but we just do shit so wrong and mm-hmm. people farm and the opposite of just what's negative for our citizens instead of doing what's right for us to be really that most powerful. Yeah, that's one of the fundamental problems with the United States is that we think that we are superior. I use we with a capital W yeah. that we think we are superior and that the American dream is this is something that should be attained by all. However, we are the only developed nation that does not do things, the, the basic needs for our citizens. We are like universal health care and uh, universal like education going up to certain levels and access to colleges and access to trade schools and you yeah, know we're the basically only that made trade schools a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know we all of a sudden made vocational trade schools a bad thing. You don't want to go there, and if you do, you don't want to tell people. Right. Like it was kind of like a beauty school dropout type of scenario. But to your point, Lindsay, I want to say didn't when I met you, you and your husband, we had um, lunch. weren't we talking about school lunches? And he was your husband was saying that school lunches in Italy and just on that side of the country yeah, you are guys, so much better. Yeah. And he said they got to go home and have a real meal and for work as well, like school and work, they take like a, a literal two, three hour break. You go home, Fiesta. you eat, you <laughs> know, and then you go finish school. That's awesome. I think Seriously. I remember seeing BuzzFeed when I was like in love with BuzzFeed before I found out how much of a freaking how toxic dungeon it is. Yeah. yeah. They were showing like different lunches and all over the world. And I clearly remember France's lunch. I was like, man, I want to go to school there. Like they <laughs> like have bread and cheese. Bread. And yeah. Yeah. But it was very thorough. It was very thorough. Like their breakfast was. And mm-hmm. so it's very similar, I think, to Lindsay saying maybe there, I think they take a longer lunch, but it, they make sure it's much more nutritious and mm-hmm. stuff like that, too. So and I love that. It's yeah. more it. it Honestly, if you think of both physiological and psychological needs of a human, it makes much more sense to focus for a few hours, have a few hours off, focus for a few hours, have a few hours off, then you sleep. Like it's, it it doesn't make sense to have these eight, nine, 10 hour days. That's not natural. (laughs) I wonder what the the percentage rate of the uh, quality of life or that how people are happy compared to United States here, like as far as workers and everything else. Cause I know if I got to go home for two hours, things like that all the time, right? It would be great. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm just saying like, I haven't researched it or you know, haven't needed right. to in a while, but I One think that the- would be freaking fantastic. I don't know why your husband doesn't want to move back to Italy. <laughs> One of the one of the greatest uh, kind of side things for having worked at the last job that I did was that it's within walking distance of my house. 
So I could go home on my lunch break, which was only like a 45 minute lunch break. I still had enough time to go home and change or get something or whatever. Like I didn't have enough time to sit and have a meal or whatever. But it was so it was such a good break to to be able to break up my day with like before and after actually having a chance to leave. Yeah. So when I did work, I worked in the traditional sense. Mm-hmm. I the last few jobs that I did very well in. I was within a 15 minute commute, if not less. Mm-hmm. And hubby was too. So we would normally meet, be able to maybe medicate, eat something. And, and the rest of the day would just be simple. Yeah. So I, I see the benefit of that. Just like they say, going and taking a 10 minute nap actually makes you more productive and gives you a little more energy. I just think that refresher of being away and maybe not spending money because you're going out to lunch and things like that, but doing something that is just a sense of going to somewhere that's a sanctuary or that's a sense of refuge to you is much more beneficial. So I, that's yeah. why we have friends that are pair of twins or sisters and they're moving, give, denouncing their, their citizenship here and moving to, to Italy in March. And I don't blame anybody who's, who's given up on this place, honestly, especially anybody who's a POC. So yeah. We're not like everywhere, so that's a little tougher to find where to go. True. Very true. They're, they're twins but, that are, you know, very, very um, blonde hair, beautiful. Uh, yeah, they'll be fine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I couldn't do it. Me and the fam couldn't do it. And if we did, it would probably be some. A you more could. Issue. You probably could yeah. in Italy. Some there, parts. There are some countries that it would be questionable, but I think, well, I don't know. Look, most of, Italy, most of the Italian kidding. people I know I, aren't like that. But anyway, that's there's I definitely a that. big country. Yeah. <laughs> if, I were, if we were moving there, I would be prepared. I would start buying like size 16, 18 clothes. I would just be much bigger. I just, I would know. I'll be like between the wine and the bread and the cheese and mm. probably Jackson too. Because Jackson is a bread and a cheese boy. This boy loves going to Trader Joe's and picking out cheese. And Sounds just, like you need to take me to Italy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Dean just got the big eyes. <laughs> I, I told Lindsay's husband that. I was like, if you ever want to go back and she doesn't want to go, I'm uh, great. <laughs> I will fly with but he says we haven't gone because of the awkward rise in this right-wing sort of stuff that's taking yeah. place in Europe. That makes sense because the U.S. led all of that. Mm. And it's been getting worse in Canada, too, which... We're not going to be able to go anywhere. Nope. All right. Thanks, so let's Diana. let's get back to the show. <laughs> Robert brings up the legality of the weed that Thugnificent basically tries to, to, to give him. But Thugnificent tells him that Obama fixed that already. So he's also worried because he knew someone who smoked a joint with angel dust in it. Thugnificent tells him that that was just <laughs> some guy that he knew last Friday. <laughs> that was last Friday. Yeah. He gives Robert the joint and heads out. As Robert is sorting through all of his pills, the commercial that we listened to at the open comes on about one of the meds that he's prescribed. There are a myriad of side effects, each one worse than the last. Robert throws the pills down and walks out of the house. Next, we see Robert in the park hiding behind a tree. He lights up a joint, the joint that Thugnificent gave him. He takes a hit and lets the feeling soak in. The colors of the environment become more vibrant. Everything is beautiful. He smiles and sighs in his new relaxed state. The next morning, the boys are lying asleep in beds, and they are awakened. Yo, you smell that? Yeah, but it can't be what I think it is. Breakfast. We got pancakes, waffles, pork, sausage, turkey sausage, veggie sausage, eggs benedict, smoked salmon omelets, hash browns, and of course, huevos, rancheros. Or I can make you something else if you like. 
Granddad, why'd you make all this food? Because my boys have to grow up to be big and strong. I'm eating this bowl of Cheerios because you know what? The casserole's not going to lower itself. That all sounded so good. I love that because I know lots of people who do that. Like they get high and then they cook like elaborate meals and shit. And and I, I, think I love the that. The network and all that shit has blossomed over right. the past 15 years. I believe it. The legalization yeah. of weed and the rise in the food yeah. network are totally co- correlated. Yeah. And One British thousand. baking shows. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody in college, use that for your, your dissertation or whatever you mean. Correlation. Like, <laughs> Because it's, it's damn for sure. Come on, Rachel Ray <laughs> has to smoke weed. She's oh, way God, too yeah. weird and happy and shit. With her dogs. Yes. I mean, yeah, no. I would be like Rachel Ray. I would be like, ooh, what's this? <laughs> Let's try she this. She makes up words, though. Like, she's teaching a preschool <laughs> fucking, like, show. Yummo and shit like that. But don't get me wrong. <laughs> I loved Rachel Don't get me wrong. Her shit was, her shit was good. But it's like an adult blues blues. With that kind of entertainment. But The wine crowd? Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. The... The people who, they get everything from, what's that store? Like expensive cooking. William Sonoma. There you go. Oh, Boom. yeah. Aries Power. I knew I was sending it to you and pick it up. Yeah, William Sonoma. They just get that shit just because they're like a Ross and Potter. <laughs> <laughs> all, right, all right. They don't cook at all. They've never made creme brulee, but they have a full creme brulee set. And they get high. So then they were like, you know what? Let's make some creme brulee. A lot of the chefs that are weed chefs now, mm-hmm. that's exactly how they started. One, they would watch Food Network or they tried to get on Top Chef, but they were always the ones that, like, after the club, they'd go back to their house and tell their friends, we don't need to go to Denny's. I have this at the house. Let's go and smoke and make this. There's some of the biggest chefs that they all kind of share that same story. Funny. Great mentioning, like, all of these food channel shows and stuff. I keep thinking... Granddad would have been pretty fantastic on a cooking show. Like, mm-hmm. instead of having that restaurant, give him a cooking show where he teaches people to cook things and not just worse and worse things. He, in this meal, he cooked all of these amazing, wonderful things that the boys are going to get to enjoy. But he's just, yeah, he's a foodie. Turkey and veggie. Like, yeah. I was like, yes. But yeah, you're true. I, that's true. I could see him. He's like an Emerald Lagasse. He would have had a whole bunch of sayings. And- you know, and if he was smoking weed at the same time, that'd be a yeah. fun show. Yeah. You'd be like Bob thing. Ross a little bit. Aaron McGruder <laughs> or the reboot. If we bring Grandpa back in some form or fashion using his son. They have to live in a, in a state that, where it's legalized unless yeah. it's actually illegal across the whole country by someday. Yeah, he comes up with a cooking show or like a cooking item and he could be on HSN. One of those things. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 Granddad was having Cheerios while the boy was eating all the food, and to the consternation of the boys, he loves them. He raves about them. He talks about how amazing they are. They're like regular Cheerios, but somehow nuttier. <laughs> all the boys can do is look at each other confused. Granddad comes to find out that the boys, again, have broken the TV. He cracks up at this and tells them that, in reality, all of this stuff is theirs anyway, so he really doesn't care. Riley is not sure he likes the new granddad. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> he liked his teeth. so suspicious. Right? <laughs> so then Thugnificent is back at the door, thinking Robert has a pickup for him. Of course, Robert just wants more weed. Thugnificent is a bit upset that Robert called his work to schedule a, p- schedule a pickup when he wanted weed from him. He explains the etiquette for weed and agrees to take Robert to his dealer's place. 
Robert and Thugnificent pull up to a house. Thugnificent knocks on the door. Hey, Otis, good to see you. Who's this, your friend Robert? I'm not a narc. <laughs> uh, do you want to check me for a while? Because I'm not wearing one, so it's okay if you do. In fact, uh, this may be a bad idea. Now, are you looking for anything in particular? Uh, a certain kind of pie? I just need something to lure my stress. Let's see. We got Bubba Kush, Lavender Kush, Telly Savalas Kush, uh, OG Scarlett Johansson. Mm -hmm. Hey, I even got one named after me, nigga. It's good for sitting on the couch all day and not doing shit. You know what? Try this. It's called Black Pearl. What's it gonna do? <laughs> You'll see. Greatest I love everything about ever. that. What was that? Greatest weed guy ever. I want somebody to give me, I actually do have people give me mason jars. My <laughs> best friend's in-laws, they are older and they grow, and for some reason they just give me weed. There's nothing, Grace was like that. There's nothing wrong with that at all. Look, uh, I will take it. You don't even have to tell me more than once. Thank you. Let me go get a bag. Do I need one? Carry it out? What do I need? Do you but recognize no, the voice of the dealer? I did not. I was going to ask. I, well, I figured, actually, that our great producer. <laughs> it's, it's none other than Luke Skywalker. Shut up. He's been yeah, on Mark, Mark Hamill. Hamill. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. He plays He's the Joker. Is yeah, and this was right about the era that he was big on. He was yeah. That Oh, show, yeah. That's, yeah, so. that's where I think, yeah, yeah, all this was part and parcel of his I mean, I remember launch into voice the, acting. The latest thing was like the Big Bang Theory was like the latest thing that I saw him on outside. Oh, okay, he's been yeah. in a bunch of stuff live. He's but been, he's so been much, voice acting like, for. He's been very relevant. Like I'm sure years. his asking price is pretty, pretty, pretty good, pretty comfortable. <laughs> that's fire. I did not know. Funny. He'll be asleep, yeah. so he'll be excited when I tell him that. Yeah, uh, I like snoring. that later in the episode the he gives Granddad a strain called Skywalker, and that that was why that. I just mm. thought that was hilarious. I wonder if that's uh -huh. why that strain started. And very possible. Hmm. I don't know. It's Huey and Riley are at the computer in their room looking up the side effects of all of the drugs prescribed Grandad. None of them explain his current relaxed attitude. Later, Grandad is vacuuming his room when the boys come in to confront him. Man, where the real Grandad? What you do with him? <laughs> Riley, you so crazy. <laughs> Look, boys. I went to the doctor and had a wake-up call, and I decided I'm not going to sweat the small stuff anymore. I'm the same granddaddy that you know and love. I'm happy. I feel good. And from now on, I'm going to appreciate life. Yeah, but that person is nothing like the granddad we know and love. Yeah, our granddad don't appreciate nothing. You an imposter. <laughs> you boys are hilarious. Don't forget tonight's my bungo night. You guys can stay over Tom's. Now give your granddaddy a hug. I'm so glad we had this talk. Man, I just feel bad for the real granddad. He probably tied up in some basement somewhere, scared. We gotta find him, Huey, before it's too late. <laughs> like, I'm what? surprised Riley didn't figure it out. Right. I feel put up right? like, I, yeah. maybe he's high. I mean, out of the two of I, them. I, I think Huey, actually, in, in watching it, I feel like Huey was like, maybe that's what it is. But Riley is just so... I think that his way of thinking just doesn't go to that. It's it's catastrophic. This isn't granddad anymore. It's been replaced by an alien or a some kind of imposter. In, imposter? Yeah. <laughs> an imposter, yeah. That imposter. Was... <laughs> That's the word. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, because he's he likes his mind wanders and to think about the the most movie-esque shit that happens. Right. So, right. Yeah. So he's he's definitely thinking grandpa's, you know, being sawed or Silence of the but Lambs also, or something like, like that. Why, why can't the boys just go with something good happening? Just ride with it. Like, if, if all of a sudden 
uh, a grumpy relative of mine was in a good mood, I I wouldn't necessarily question like <laughs> what happened. I might be like, okay, so obviously some stress has been relieved, and that makes me happy. <laughs> that would be... take advantage. I had right. to make right. my parents were arguing. It was so much easier for me to get away with shit. I was able to go spend the night places, do whatever, you know. So it's like, I didn't question, I didn't care. So it's like that type of thing. Your life, like, yeah. Why were you so um, just leery of it? Uh, which I think that has something to say as well. Is like kids become accustomed to who, who their who their parents are and how mm-hmm. they act and things like that. So I think that also is just a little much. But we know Aaron Magruder is a genius, so he just shines a little light on that, just a little bit. I it's think it's funny. And in in kind of that weird, like surreal kind of way where it connects to my real life, it's funny because I just wrote a paper on on insecure attachment. And that's what Riley really has. He will self-soothe. He will he would rather be happy and okay than care about really what's going on outside as long as it fits into his his, you know, little story and so when granddad is wants to hug him and and tell him everything's great, Riley's this is not that no, this isn't this isn't the relationship we have, so yeah. I can't trust it. Um, yeah, I'm like I'm out for self. I can do it myself. What yeah. is that syndrome called where you like start to understand your kidnapper? Or you start to oh, Stockholm Soldiers. Stockholm yeah. syndrome. So I'm, not, yes, I'm not saying that, but it's like a form of that. Okay, for example, I know my mom's not gonna change, my dad's not gonna change. They're literally not literally hundred, but they're so stuck in their ways. There's no point in me trying to put that much effort into trying to change the way that they think because they're they're in that age group. Both like that in a Stockholm syndrome kind of way. Kind of like I'm just gonna adjust and act the way that I need to to keep my life as as a drama-free as I like it or to keep it the way that I like it. So I think that's a little bit of I don't know what that would be called. Sociologist, there you go. Something else for you guys out there. Theology figure out way to identify that but yeah it's something kind of like that reminds me of that maybe it's just being a kid and you adapt to the craziness in your house until you're 18 yeah I, I had I honestly had not thought of it like that but I'm sure that that is there's some kind of theory out there having to do with child development in that kind mm-hmm. of a situation I do not yeah. know it yet that nature versus <laughs> nurture because later right. in life they would say what was your what was your like nurturing situation and that mm-hmm. focuses on your home life and your direct peers and things like that. And the nurture is the part that has to do with the attachment. So yeah. like when I say insecure attachment, it's not that he's insecure about the attachment. It's that mm-hmm. he doesn't trust the attachment. Mm-hmm. So therefore it's suspect no matter what. Yeah. And will always be no matter who it is. It'll be suspect. Yeah. Yeah. Sus to your sus. other two kids. <laughs> the millennial sus. No, they get. I, I don't even suspect. know if that's still the word. I feel like that it's already evolved, and I can't remember what it was. Something I saw the other. No, my ten year old keeps me on top. So he, okay, you know, all right, good to know. Is, I'll let you know though, because you no, know, it does change. Just <laughs> right, I feel out of touch not teaching this year. Like usually, I'm, I'm, I at least am aware of all of the latest things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now there's stuff that's literally sounds. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like sounds. I'm like, that's not a word. But it's a minute. So hey. I'm not yeah. Okay, that's letters put together. Okay, great. That's what that is. That's how we stay young, though. I just keep up with all the yeah, the verbiage. All right. So later that evening, the boys are watching their house from the window of the Dubois house. They 
<laughs> they hear bongos and other music coming from over there. They decide they should go over there, especially when they hear sirens coming up down the street. And then at the Freeman home, Granddad is playing the bongos and singing about revolution. He also happens to be naked and smoking a joint. From behind him, he hears Tom. He turns That's around to see Tom, Jasmine, the boys, and two cops standing there. Jasmine screams, and Tom yells at Robert for scaring his baby. Okay, first of all, <laughs> y'all just barge into a man's house when you knew he was playing the bongos. Like that—that that was established ahead of time. You knew what he was doing. Yeah, and then get mad at him because he's naked in his own damn house. Like, in his own damn house. Fuck all. I'm hell grown. Like, <laughs> right. I'm hell grown. It just—I don't know why that reminded me so much of Matthew McConaughey. Like they were like tipping a. <laughs> Like I told my boys, look, look, okay, this is what it is. My son said earlier, we, something I said, we, <laughs> go get the mail so I can see if there's a check in there with your name on it that then goes to the bills. You, your father and I, you speak in French. I don't know about this we stuff, but it was kind of like that, like, that, like you said, that's, that's his house. So whatever the, he does in there, whether the kids are there or not, how dare you guys just barge in and then. Try to shame him for it. And letting the cops in. Come on. Yeah. Talk about letting the popos in. We don't do that. Oh. I just need a turf for you to come in my house. Right. I need to see it. And, and, be and in my hand. People who do that shit without any substances. In <laughs> just saying. <laughs> they have some great serotonin or something like that. Mm -hmm. There are some people that depression meds work really well for. <laughs> And there's just some people part. who like to be naked and like to. Oh yeah, there's nothing wrong with their that. music. And Dean raises his hand. Dean yeah. would be naked all the time if he could. Oh, what my is, kids have seen so they are gonna know exactly what a woman. They are not gonna be shocked first time they see somebody else's some other woman's body. I don't like I said. First of all, this is my damn house. I'll put on clothes if I want to. If I don't, mm -hmm. but you guys put on clothes, especially my 13 year old because he is just growing and I'm like nobody wants to see it. <laughs> but yeah, no. So I put you there. I think it's. I've told you guys, we belong to a resort where it's clothing optional. I can't mm -hmm. tell you how great it feels to have that nice, pure universe, Mother Earth provided vitamin D going into your body from the sun. It's like the best thing ever. And I think it's, I would love to know at one point in history, somebody goes, no, put on clothes. We don't uh, even know. That would be Adam and Eve. Cover mm -hmm. <laughs> Freaking Eve start on there. ruin us. Enough of talk about Sky Daddy fan fiction. <laughs> that just, yeah, that's what I was. No, but I like that Sky Daddy uh, fan fiction. <sighs> yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah. All right. So later, Robert has covered himself and is sitting in his chair ashamed. Riley is cracking up. Robert asks the boys if if they can forgive him. Huey doesn't think it's a big deal. No, Huey, it's a very big deal. That's why drugs are so dangerous. Then you get addicted, and it destroys your life and the lives of those around you. You start playing the bongos really loud, and then you turn all Bobby and Whitney on us. <laughs> yeah, because marijuana gateway drug to crack. And those are the same people, Tom type of people, that are in the industry now and trying to become billionaires. Yep. Off that same yep. thing yeah. that would make Bobby and Whitney successful. Like, that's, come on. If they would go ahead and utilize the plant, maybe you wouldn't have such a shitty plant. Yep. Just saying. Maybe your wife wouldn't be drawn in by Usher. <laughs> I talked to my mom about opening a dispensary uh, in New York since it's just becoming legal. Yeah. Child, $200,000 for your oh, yeah. license. <laughs> One license of the many you need. Yes. 
That's so, why equity programs. If there's an equity program that anybody in your family can qualify for, that's where you go. That's where you get the money. They're trying to hold this out by it's, it being so expensive. But another way, tell your mom too, delivery services aren't as expensive as dispensers, especially in, in New York. That's what's, that's what's the, the kind of focus right now. Well, and you got to make sure what is legalized because in like in Washington, it's uh, weed is legal, but transporting it is tricky. Yeah, yeah. because that's one of the with it becoming more acceptable. Mm -hmm. That's that people are the entrepreneurs. That's what they're pursuing. So here it was storefront. There it's (laughs) delivery services. I will be very happy if there is a weed delivery service in Portland, because then I won't have to leave my house hardly ever. (laughs) <laughs> i'll have everything i need and, and a food truck pod seven minutes away <laughs> that'd be awesome download weed maps you can find out yeah i'm gonna have to right it's so great to have them come and so many of them don't want to i live in a complex and i'll be like i'll meet you outside they're like no we want to come to your door and i'm like okay shit i'm gonna meet you in my yard but our, so many of them amazon like, won't come upstairs right yeah yeah well, so many of them actually are like that's good you have a Really? I can't. I, I go, look, I'll come into the parking lot. You stay in your car. They don't even have to come up. But so many of them are trying to be based in the idea that a lot of their customers are using it for medicinal reasons. Mm-hmm. So they want to be aware of that. So they want to be like, maybe they're not able medically or you know physically to come to the door, or come outside. So that's awesome. There are some good ones. And then there's some ratchet ones. Weed, weed maps. Shout out weed maps. <laughs> and butt.com. <laughs> butt.com is great. Wink. <laughs> Um, I use I use Leafly. <laughs> no, Leafly good. No, Leafly good delivery. Yeah, I don't know. They don't. I don't think they do. But Leafly, I can usually find a strain I'm looking for and figure out and then find out where it is. And, yeah, yeah, find out where it is, and then that'll lead to whether it's delivery or storefront. Right, yeah. right. Ease is pretty good as well. But I know I just voted for Weed Maps. I like Weed Maps. I use Weed, weed Maps. Yeah, always good. Cool, cool, cool. Speaking of weed. Speaking of weed, Robert states that he's learned his lesson and won't smoke again, but the very next day, he's back at Grant's house to get more weed. This time, Grant has a new strain for Robert. It's called Skywalker. There it is. He needs a delivery service. Right. I want, you should provide the delivery service. But yeah, that, my mouth is watering because I do remember a very good Skywalker. That was an indica. That I feel like there was, laugh. it was like mixed with purple kush or something. Anyway, <clears throat> so... Later, Huey is admonishing Granddad that he knows that he's still smoking and that he should be very careful. Granddad, who happens to be floating about six inches off the ground, says that he's quit and has no idea what he's talking about. Then he floats away. I like what what Huey says right there. I just know you tend to go overboard when you like something. And that's that's very true. And it's it's amazing that that Huey, like no children usually see that. But Huey, of course, is this old soul. So, like, he understands that this is probably a good thing for Granddad, but Granddad tends to overdo any kind of good thing until it is no longer good, just like he did with his girlfriends. Anyway. He'll make better choices than girlfriends, though, if he's hot. Maybe. His last last girlfriend was great. He just needed to calm, to chill the fuck out, and maybe we would make that relationship great. Weed makes every relationship. Is that true, babe? Something tells me that Dean's edibles are kicking in early. (laughs) All right. 
So later Huey is, oh, no, we've got that one. Next, Robert is out driving very slowly in the fast lane. Everybody on, everybody on the road is honking at him and yelling. Then he gets pulled over by a cop. When he can't stop laughing at the cop's name, douche, he gets arrested. <laughs> also, oh, no, I would never be able to not laugh, especially oh, the Summer's Eve joke, though. <laughs> <laughs> on this lovely Summer's Eve <laughs> officer I, douche. Oh, I, would, yeah. I would definitely would in trouble. One yeah. thousand. <laughs> I, I do that even high granddad did attempt not to, you know, do that at first. He was like, officer douche. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway. In court, Robert is being asked how he pleads. Tom wants him to plead guilty, but Robert isn't having it. He stands up and forcefully states that he's not guilty because Obama legalized weed. The judge says that he isn't sure. He's pretty sure he would have heard about heard about this already. He's pretty sure. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm also pretty sure. But hey, we can look it up if you want. No big deal. Yes, please. No, no. Sorry about that, man. Look at this. Wikipedia says weed is still illegal. Really? Yeah. Wait, ho. Oh, look at that. That's interesting. It says here that several states have legalized medicinal cannabis. See? Unfortunately, this state ain't one of them, so, you know. Oh. So I guess your choices are to move to California, smoke all you want, oh. or just stay here and stop smoking. Or you can keep smoking and go to jail, but <laughs> that'd be silly, don't you think? Kind of sounds like the choice wouldn't be that hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what you I think? Mean, I do. California is... I, I picked this clip because, what? what a chill-ass judge. How funny that, like, you're a professional, you're a judge, right? One of the highest rankings in your profession. And you're just like, let me Google it real quick. And three, because I had a doctor who did that shit once. And I was <laughs> like, you got to be kidding me. But at the same time, isn't it cooler that you fucking do that shit than you just tell me some bullshit? That's actually a really good point. And one of the things that, as a teacher, I... I was saying this before, like, I promised them that I would never lie to them. And so that included when I didn't know something. Hmm. And I would be very honest. I was like, I would be like, let's ask. So I had two assistants and I would say, let's ask Ms. Millie to find the answer for that while we move on. And then she can tell us when we're done. Or we would look it up together on the overhead or just letting them know that it's okay to not know. And it's okay to look something up is actually a really good lesson for kids that a lot of parents don't do because there's some kind of shame around not knowing. So. And another throw, it's another throwback. That's the same way I conduct my business. A lot of people take it to be like a weakness or some shit. But yeah, my clients love me. Why? Because when they ask me a question, I don't say, oh, obviously. (laughs) I say, "Uh, I don't know. Let's check it out. Let me get you some citations. Let me research it. Mm -hmm. That's what I do. I'm not going to fucking sit here and bullshit you. I don't fucking know. And people try and act, oh my God, you don't know what you're doing. Bitch, it's, I'm in digital marketing. That shit changes by the day. Okay. So (laughs) if you're uncomfortable with me having to research some shit, then you need to go find someone else to work with. But everyone I've met loves it, except other companies I work with. Mm. blow smoke and then when you come with the receipts which is the full circle part from earlier (laughs) when Mm -hmm. you come with the receipts they want to side eye you and that's what I tweeted about this morning when I said the lengths people go will go to not be wrong and still be wrong and then you won't get (laughs) mad at me because I have the receipts oh I love you (laughs) sorry nah it's all good I seriously I love you (laughs) oh I love you all too (laughs) 
Right? Almost every, every, uh, yeah. Okay. (laughs) So Robert is dismayed by uh, what the judge said and back at home with the boys and Tom, they're talking. Oh, man, Robert, I can't believe how lucky you are. Lucky? How is this lucky? I finally found a thing in life that makes me happy, and now they're going to take it away from me. Now, Robert, studies show marijuana can be very psychologically addictive. Man, fuck them studies. I want my weed. I believe all the terrible things they told me about weed, and it was all a lie. And now you mean to tell me I could have had this the whole time? Who knows how different my life would be? I might be a Nobel Peace Prize winner, or eight-time gold medal swimmer, or even president of the United States. It's not fair. I have to go back to being the regular me. There's nothing wrong with the regular you. I'm telling you, the regular me is completely unacceptable. I don't even like the regular me. No one does. Uh, there were so many things in that clip that I that made me want to hear it again. But like one of the things was so first of all, basically Robert has this choice of never smoking again and staying there, or He can pick up and move to California where his life will be better. And that's a hard choice for him because for all the obvious reasons and the not obvious reasons. And, but it's, it's almost funny to me the way that Robert reacts to having to quit smoking isn't about things like pain or he's, he's just, I like me when I'm high and that I feel like, yeah, granddad would have a really good fucking life if he could just smoke weed. It's, once again, it's having the power and the control to live the quality of life that you want. Mm-hmm. And if he's better every day and he's not, he's less stressed and he sees, you know, oh, what? first of all, I would not be okay with our boys throwing a phone into the TV screen second time. <laughs> Twice. But, yeah, but him seeing the- The second time was the, was a was a remote. Oh. A remote, yes. Okay. Either way, I would I'd be in the prison. Like, what are you in here for? My boys threw something to my TV. But uh-huh. no, but it's just the the ability for him to see like the trivial side of things and to really change his his way of thinking, which most importantly leads to how you deal with stress. If, if nothing's a big deal, Cat Williams said it the best. You smoke and you'd be like, them electricity. Look, I got I have uh, <laughs> candles I haven't burned yet anyway. When you really do, it becomes so much less stressful, which is better for your overall health. And then for somebody that's grandpa's age, hopefully it provides a little longer of a life. Yeah. For him to enjoy the better. My thing is that, listen, y'all, you should love yourself with or without substances and do all your shadow work (laughs) and all that bullshit with or without substances. But if you are a better you with a substance, and I don't care if that's prescribed antidepressants or a little Mary Jane, then do what you need to do to be the best you. And everyone else can fucking eat a dick. They don't have to, oh, fuck. What my mom used to say, better they be mad than you. Better better they be broke than you. Like, bitch, no one has to live your life but you. Yeah, right. So. Yeah, my mom used to say, that better than being broke than you being crazy. You're better than being stressed than you being crazy. Exactly. Although she can't really talk because she is. <laughs> but no, that's bad. We worry way too much about other people when we don't. We should worry about during Corona, being communal, maybe getting a shot. Huh. Talked about it already. Yeah. That's the time when we should worry about other people. But when you don't, when you're, when you're doing what's best for you and your immediate family, that's what's important. Absolutely. Yes. Love that immediate. A little flash of seeing your face, Lindsay. Thank you. <laughs> Oh, girl, I'm here. I got no makeup on, a child. Uh, I had to put my glasses on to see what was happening. (laughs) I know, whatever. (laughs) 
It's all good. Oh my god, she sounds awesome. <laughs> Shut up. You guys will be scared. Like somebody has a zombie has taken over MJ. With no makeup on. So yeah, so after Robert says that no one likes the regular him, the boys agree. Tom says that there's a legal way to go about escaping your problems. And next we have Tom and Robert at a bar, very drunk. They're being they're being mean and depressed. They talk about how they didn't like each other at first, but who they really don't like is Ruckus. Trivia, Ruckus is not in this episode. And then they both get so drunk that they throw up. I like that they, 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 or I like that Magruder added a scene of them getting drunk to solve their problems because that is definitely, even now, 15 years later, a more accepted way to deal with your problems than smoking weed. And like one of the things that I learned in my years working for the school district is it's, it's completely acceptable to be a teacher that drinks themselves, drinks every single night. Like wine culture is, is totally huge in teaching circles, but I've actually met more teachers that smoke weed than drink because it's a really extremely stressful job and weed literally helps you process that grief and that, that stress and that anything out of your body. Like, and I think it helps you to tap back into you, like what made you want to teach. Right. Because you, it helps you to tap into your creativity and you start thinking. And I think for teachers, if you're trying to go, oh, my God, this show, I have seven students are not getting this. Mm-hmm. You smoke and then you may take the time to create a alternative lesson plan or whatever it may be to reach out to those seven students. Where Give you, you a don't chance do to that. reframe you what's happening. Of, yeah. You drink a bottle of wine. You drink a bottle of wine, you're going to complain, you're going to be that mad drunk, and then you're going to pass the fuck out. And then you have a, <laughs> then you have a hangover when you go to school, then you go to work. The next day. You know? so, For the record, I, I turn into an immense flirt and then I pass out. That's that's what happens right. when I okay. drink wine. <laughs> but it, there's no creativity. There's no, like, I can, yeah. I can, I can smoke weed and, like, work. Not that I teach or anything like that, but yeah. I can do work while high because for me, like one of the ways that I like to explain what weed does for me is it's almost like I, that scene in The Matrix where Neo walks in and there's a wall of TVs, right? Mm-hmm. Weed makes 90% of them, like turns 90% of them off. So it's, I can actually focus on one or two things. I can't focus on a bunch of stuff like my ADHD wants me to do constantly, but I am actually able to focus on one or two things as I go along instead of freaking out about all the stuff I need to do. I write so, the best papers. I wrote Hubby's paper the other I day. And I was like, hey, wrote it in 30 minutes. Nice. Thousand words. <laughs> it is nothing. Now, I have to go back and read it. But <laughs> right. it's edited because maybe what I typed wasn't exactly what's in my brain. But yeah, no, that. Go back and read it and there's like three sentences that make no sense. You're like, what no, the fuck? Did I- and they're all about hey, different hey. kinds of chips. Yeah. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> The, the, the punctuation's wrong. Like, I've had I've uppercases on every word in the sentence or something. Like, it's crazy shit like that. But it still is a positive thing more than a negative thing. Now, ask me to drink some wine or my Tito's or a beer and then do that. Ooh, be happy if I get a C or if you get to see. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just different. But that's where a lot of products now. I'm actually going to be in Frisco on Friday. Lindsay, I was going to tell you. But I'll be at the cannabis. <laughs> Edibles and Expo, Edibles and Drink Expo, and one of the biggest <laughs> drinks, and it's actually one that I educate on. They're a very low dose THC CBD. It's more CBD than THC, and they're infused seltzers and drinks. 
But the whole thing is, let's get people out of drinking and get them over drinking. Oh, yeah. And so, yeah. It was genius. Like the first time I drank it, I was like, the hell am I supposed to do with this? I don't feel anything. But then I was like, oh, it's not for me. But (laughs) it's for people that are beginning. But it's also a great way to get people off of opioids, Mm -hmm. of of drinking and putting and doing more damage to their body. So it's 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 awesome to see that the industry is not just being taken over by the green rush, but there's actually companies that are like, let's help people's wellness. Mm -hmm. Which is there's always gonna be altruistic people in the sea of capitalism yeah. luckily for you know the rest of us <laughs> this though was one of the many clips i know i picked a billion for this episode that i did pick even though we didn't need the clip we get the picture because honestly though i am a person who i can work more creatively and better if i do drink because i'm a overthinker. So when I have a drink and then I sit down to do something, I'm more decisive in my decisions. But a big thing I think with this episode, and we'll circle back to it towards the end, so I won't go too far with this right now, is how funny it is to me that drugs are often frowned upon until they're legal. Like, mm-hmm. just like you were saying, yeah. wine is all good. Wine is in teacher culture. Mommy wa- mommy juice and all that kind yep. of bullshit. Yep. 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 Um it's, it's all good. I call myself a drug addict. I know many people take issue with me saying that, like that I'm like making light of actual drug addicts. Y'all, I have been sent to the hospital due to caffeine withdrawal. Okay. Oh, wow. Your girl had a problem with drinking coffee. And even now, because I was a workaholic, so I used to work, I used to get up at 5 a.m., get ready, catch the bus downtown when I lived in Rochester go to the advertising agency I worked at around like seven in the morning, would work there until about seven at night. I'd go home and I would shower and get dressed and then go work in that club I talked about working in Mm -hmm. last week because a bitch had to hustle. And then I just became hooked on coffee. So when I tried to drink less coffee, I went through withdrawal. I am not even kidding. We're talking migraines, rashes, couldn't get out of bed. And then when the doctor's talking to me and she said, oh, how much coffee do you drink? And I said, oh, I have about 12 shots of espresso a day. She was like, girl, you you have got to be kidding me. But that is a legal drug. That is a drug. Yeah. 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 If if caffeine were illegal, baby, Starbucks. Man, (laughs) no such thing. Yeah. Drugs are, it's, it's not an, okay, whatever. We'll come back to this. <laughs> we're going to get back into this with granddad's closing yeah. observations. All right. So Robert is walking over to Grant's house again to find Thugnificent outside across the street, watching Grant's house getting raided by the cops. As they impound all of the weed, Robert says that it's time to take action. Robert goes home and paints a sign that says free Grant. As he's getting ready to go protest, Huey asks him what he thinks he's going to accomplish. Granddad said that he's surprised that Huey sold out. He suggests that they should, Huey suggests that they should just move to California. Riley likes this idea because he can become the first blood and crypt at the same time and then star in a movie about being the first blood and crypt starring as himself. (laughs) Granddad said that he's not moving anywhere and heads out. I wish that I had picked the clip right there where they're like, What's more important to you, us or weed? And Granddad's like, weed. And it was so fast. Right. Yeah. No right? He didn't even have to think about it. There was no, there was no hesitation whatsoever. So Robert is out in the middle of an intersection calling for the release of Grant. 
After he makes his speech, he sits down on the road and goes to light up a joint. Just then, Grant is walking by and sees Robert. He goes to ask Robert about what's going on. Grant tells him that he got six months probation and paid for his bail and he's out. Grant asks him what he's doing out there. And just then, a cop comes up. There we go. A cop comes up to arrest Robert. Sorry about that. Back in court, the judge he was in front of the first time tells him how disappointed he is to see him again. Robert tells him that he sees the error, of his way, the error of his ways and that if the judge will let him off, he'll move to California in order to be in compliance with the law. The boys are happy. The judge tells Robert that he'll make the deal, but first he'll have to have three weeks of house arrest, two years of probation, mandatory drug testing, and community service, just for fun. Finally, we see Robert in an anti-drug PSA. Hi, my name is Robert Freeman. Recently, I started smoking pot. Marijuana didn't make me happier. It didn't make me cool. It didn't do anything except almost cost me my family and my freedom. So if you want to be like me, a loser, go ahead and smoke. So false. First of all, please stop calling it pot. Pot <laughs> is where you piss or where you cook noodles. I cannot stand when people call I'm like, please stop calling it pot. It's like one of the things that we're going to do to be able to normalize it is we have to take the, you know, kind of slang names away from it. There's no, there's no slang names for vitamins. Mm. Nobody's, hey, give me those guys. Except Come for on. the Flintstones. Hey. Give me and them I Flintstones. Call, <laughs> I call it yeah, that that's good the name. There's nobody that's like, that B12, <laughs> that is, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yep. sir. nobody calls it that. So let's, we've got to take the, ne- the names away that have always been associated, especially when they've been negatively associated. Right. Linz, what did you want to say about that one? Oh, for me, it's it's back to this whole thing about drugs are so bad until they become able to be profitable to big pharma. Mm-hmm. Say whatever you want. Sad but true. It is what it is. Everything I just said about caffe- caffeine, it is what it is. Now they're messing around with microdosing um, mm-hmm. mushrooms and, and LSD. And, yep. yep. As valid treatments for all kinds of psychiatric disorder. Yeah. Yeah. Frenia. So as soon as they can market that shit, oh, it's not going to be, so, it's just a little LSD, honey. It's just a little MDMA. What are you, you're, you're overreacting. But Ketamine one, is starting to be used in human trials for chronic pain that's sufferers. That's when people mm-hmm. do ketamine and right? I'm like, oh, that's not a fun drug. That shit sounds uh, so scary, but yet I know people who've done ketamine infusions that are like, it has changed my entire life. Mm-hmm. All right. Knock me out during um, C-section. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I, I was like, I feel you cutting me. I feel it. I feel it. Oh, so they were like, like, girl, you can't feel it. I, don't, oh. I was like, I feel it. It was oh. like in the live. Girl. And so, but so they went ahead. And they were like, here, you won't feel it anymore. And I was knocked. I remember him saying that. And I don't remember anything else. <laughs> Good. Until that child. Was, yeah, it was hours later. But yeah, yeah. Oh. Uh-huh. All right. <laughs> natural, I say if it's natural and plant-based and grows from Mother Earth, then why not? Like fun guy, yeah. it, it is a fun, it's a fun, it's a fun guy. I, um, one of the things I love the most about the fact that we're moving to Oregon is Oregon has declassified a lot of those things. So there's going to be a lot more research coming out of the state that I'm moving into. And I'm very much looking forward to that because microdosing for depression sounds like a nice deal for me because I fucking right. hate and my like, antidepressants. You know mushroom cap. Mm-hmm. And go ahead. They have make they make protein shakes or powder out of it now. There's yeah. so many other forms I'm and ways it. <laughs> that help. It's yeah. Uh, 
As we end, Riley is laughing at how uncool Granddad made weed look. Looking down at his ankle monitor, Riley says he's going to go out for a stroll because he can. Huey, even though Granddad doesn't care, is happy to have the old Granddad back. And that is the end of our episode. I feel like every episode ends with Riley laughing at Grandpa or somebody. Right? Like, he's like the ending end of every episode. He gives that kind of insight that some people may be thinking watching the episode, but Riley's held 32. I'm going to go because I can't. <laughs> uh, so is there anything else from this episode you guys want to bring up? Only that point of stop fucking judging people for doing the shit they do. Drugs, playing the bongos naked, whatever. Especially if, so they're, they, own, if they're in their own goddamn house. Exactly. Right? If you're not hurting anyone with your decisions, and hopefully that includes you, mm-hmm. if you're not hurting anyone, then everyone needs to fuck off. The end. All right. Tonight, we're going to do something a little bit different. We're going to end a little bit early, saving our white people question for next week. I think we're going to maybe maybe we'll double up next week or something. We'll figure it out. But tonight, because of all of us wonderful hostesses being the chronic spoonies that we are, we need to call it a night. So I hope all of you guys are having a fantastic week's Veterans Day. I think will be right before this episode comes out. So those of you who were veterans, I hope you had a good, having a good Veterans Day. That funky. What should I say there? Yeah. Okay. Love so. and light. Love and light to you. Yeah. I know they, I've heard that they do not thank you for your service. Mm-hmm. I know Dean Very doesn't. fucking true. Yeah. yeah. I know Dean they definitely don't. doesn't. So yeah. that's so why I'm like, do you say happy you. Veterans Day? Like when I was yeah. teaching elementary school, we would say happy Veterans Day because we wanted the kids to understand that this was important. But yeah. now I'm like, is it happy? <laughs> Like, does it come off condescending in a way? Right. I'll start thinking of it. So, love and light to you. Yeah. Oh. And listen, I know we're an audio podcast, but I'm going to do the thing my mom used to make fun of me for when she taught me you have to speak to other Black people you see on the street. Hey, right. And I used to just head nod them. <laughs> uh, mm. Head nod. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Love you guys. Have a great week. Love Y'all you. too. Don't take this the wrong way, but. I need you to get the hell up out of here. Hey, fam. Thanks for joining us again as we make our way through the trials and tribulations of the Freeman family. We hope to see you back again next time with the fried chicken flu. Want to know where to find us on the social medias or where to subscribe to the podcast? Just head right over to www.theboondockspod.com slash links. Have a stupid white people question you want to leave us? Email us at host at theboondockspod.com or leave us a voicemail at 760-933-8636. That's 760-WE-3-WE undo shout out to the artists who've created our intro and outro tunes our intros hashtag make a change by k-i-r-k you can find them on spotify itunes and Tidal. our outro is good times by audio binger you can find them on freemusicarchive.org and youtube <laughs>